Stressed out? Need sleep? The cold weather bringing out those aches and pains or arthritis? There's never been a better time to try cannabis. Check out the greenhouse of Walled Lake and learn about the natural way to relax and escape all that 2020 stress. The greenhouse is locally owned, and they love helping people who are new to cannabis. They've got a great flower selection of the best Michigan-grown buds and the biggest pre-roll selection around. Don't want to smoke? No problem. There's vape carts, tinctures, concentrates, and everyone's favorite, edibles, like gummies, chocolates, peppermint bark, breath sprays, even the original Mackinac Island fudge. So check out the greenhouse of Walled Lake. 21 and over welcome. No med card needed. They also offer senior and veterans discounts and have a great loyalty rewards program. The Greenhouse of Walled Lake. That's greenhousemi.com. Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Glad to have you with me on this Wednesday. Wednesday is the day that we are actually putting this show up. Holiday rapidly approaching, some snow falling outside. Well, you know, we're about to flip the calendar to 2021. And that's not a bad thing, given what 2020 has given us thus far. However, as we look to sort of rebuild uh, from all of what has happened in 2020, both from a personal and economic standpoint, there's a lot of different things that are going to be going on. And one of the things that I wanted to talk a little bit about today is an organization uh, that exists to uh, promote commerce between the state of Michigan and the state of Israel, the Michigan-Israel Business Accelerator. It is the only organization doing this here in the state, has announced that Matt Elliott is going to be the new chair, effective January 1st of this coming year. He will be succeeding Mark Davidoff, who led the organization since it was formed back in 2017. He's going to remain on the board. Now, Matt Elliott has been on this program on a number of occasions in his other role. He is the Michigan market president and the Midwest region executive for business banking at Bank of America. So in his role as the Michigan market president, he serves as the company's leader here in the state of Michigan uh, and also uh, works on all kinds of things like environmental initiatives, diversity efforts, arts and culture projects, uh, volunteerism, and a lot of other things to sort of promote the company across the region. Needless to say, he has done a lot since he has been here in the state of Michigan. I always appreciate an opportunity to talk about him, about things that are going on, and also to talk about um, you know, how it's not always the easiest thing in the world to uh, work on international business cooperation. Uh, we thought we would talk to him, and he joins us right now. Matt Elliott, uh, welcome to the Craig Folly Show. It's a pleasure to have you here. It's great to see you too, Craig. Hope you're staying well, safe talk, and doing well. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this new appointment here. Um, Israel has a, a booming tech sector. We, we know this. There are a number of firms doing great work. Uh, specifically, give me an idea of, of the types of firms in Michigan uh, that you want to see doing business with with Israel. You know, I, I would say most of the firms in Israel can benefit from being most of the firms in Michigan, excuse me, can benefit from being connected in some way to a lot of the innovation that's going on in Israel. But if you look at some of the key sectors uh, <clears throat> that that matter to the state of Michigan, things like mobility, cybersecurity, especially around mobility, defense. Uh, food tech and and life sciences; those are all areas of strength in Israel. And so we think there's a there's an excellent opportunity for Michigan companies to benefit from that technology, and frankly, from Israeli companies to benefit from our manufacturing know-how and the installed base of, of talent that we have here in the state of Michigan. Well, this incubator has been in place for a little less than a decade at this point, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Mark Davidoff, of course, was running this a little bit before you. Talk about some of the strides that were made there, what sort of connections we've already seen come to fruition as a result. 
Well, you know, you're right, it is a, a little over a decade old, but I, I think in its current formation as the accelerator itself, Craig, it's really about three years old. Um, and I was asked earlier this week, you know, what kind of progress have we made even during the COVID pandemic? And, you know, one of the ways that we measure success is, is how many connections the, the accelerator has made to and from or, or connections between Michigan and Israel. And what we found is that uh, we've had over 100 outbound and 100 inbound connections that we've made. Um, and so we've still been able to drive forward this idea of connections leads to collaboration. Okay. We were really grateful for the fact that when we were part of, of, of organizing the trip that Governor Whitmer took in uh, November of last year, um, that's, I think, uh, still remains her only trade mission that she has taken. Uh, and so the, having that be to Israel, you know, really helps us out and what we're trying to do. So we've made a lot of progress there. We also are the sponsor of StartupMichigan.com, which is a, a tracker that helps uh, startup companies and investors track each other. Um, and we now have 800 profiles. So we've managed to, to drive that as the year's gone along. Um, and we still managed to get two physical delegations in earlier this year uh, before COVID hit. Um, this all while, you know, just like everyone else, the, our, our staff at the Accelerator, led by Scott Hippica, has been uh, working in a virtual environment. And Scott himself is a colonel in the Michigan National Guard and was deployed for a decent chunk of 2020. And so, you know, as a board member and as the incoming board chair, I'm just thrilled with the work Scott and the team have done. But we know that in 2021 is hopefully we get to a place where we can be closer to each other physically that we can get back to doing, you know, what we do in the ordinary course, which would include uh, missions to and from Israel. I'm kind of interested to know what sort of barriers exist for companies. I mean, uh, in terms of, of engaging internationally, because it's not always that easy to, to think about how this is going to benefit your, your business, what sort of connections you can make. Um, what is What do you find is the biggest hurdle? Is it a mental thing for a lot of people just sort of, you know, coming to grips with the fact that their company could indeed be international in scope? Well, part of it, but, but a lot of it, I think, uh, Craig, has to do with familiarity and connection. And that's really where we fit. You know, you know it, it, it's pretty daunting to think about going, if you're a company, especially a smaller company, it's very daunting to think about how I might be able to connect in you know, Israel or any other country for that matter. But if I have somebody who can sponsor me there, somebody who has a network, somebody who knows who, you know, the folks that might benefit my firm, um, and that's really our job is to be that sort of matchmaker uh, uh, through the lens of MIBA. Um, that makes that whole process a lot simpler, right? And, uh, and that's one of the ways that, that this accelerates, hopefully, uh, tech transfer and also innovation between the two, uh, the two, the two states. And, and t talk a little bit about, um, you know, the desire uh, in Israel. And obviously, you know, this delegation went there. Uh, I, I'm assuming that uh, the governor was well received while she was there. What is the desire within Israel uh, to form these sort of partnerships uh, and, and to look at a state like Michigan, for instance, because there are a lot of other people that are looking to do these sorts of things. Michigan is not alone here. You're right, Craig. We're, it's a competitive world, uh, and Israel is a very competitive place. I mean, it, it has a reputation as being a very dense startup nation. It's, it's basically referred to sometimes as startup nation, owing to the fact that it has more startups per capita, more venture capital per capita than any other country on earth. Um, and so, yeah, we, we have to do our job and we have to sell Michigan just like we always sell Michigan, you know, through the lens of, of, um, uh, of um, uh, economic development. But we go back to our strengths. You know, you always want to play to your strengths. And some of those strengths are things like 
the largest number of uh, per capita of degreed engineers in the country, okay? We go back to a very affordable standard of living. We go back to a very strong uh, mobility sector, which is attracting all kinds of technology and investment dollars. So you play to those strengths, and then all of a sudden you got someone's attention. And, when, and just like for us, when we are able to introduce people to Israel by being there on the ground, similar story, when Israelis come here and they see the set of assets that Michigan has to offer, that, that starts to get people excited. You know, I wonder if, uh, you know, people's perception of Israel uh, and some of the politics surrounding Israel make this difficult uh, sometimes to convince people that this is something that they need to do. Uh, And there's got to be, I'm assuming, a lot of misunderstandings about all of this that you encounter on occasion when you're trying to sort of do this matchmaking. You know, it's interesting, Craig, because I think um, when you're when you're talking to business people, they're generally pretty focused on accomplishing a specific task okay, or hitting an objective. Um, and so those things tend to take precedence, but you can't ignore, you know, the, the, the cultural and religious background that exists there. But frankly, it's one of the things that, in my view, and when I went, it really made the Israeli experience rich. I mean, it touched on uh, all these, it, it really resonated on all these different levels. The, the, the business piece of this and the innovation piece was absolutely fascinating. But then also putting it in the cultural context for me was, was fascinating as well. And I'm not somebody who probably would have had Israel on my travel itinerary had I not been able to go on a delegation in 2015. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, it's tar- it's tough to sell, um, you know, uh, separate the, the politics uh, from any of this when it comes to Israel because it is such a charged situation. Do you find that there is a reluctance on people's uh, uh, on people's part to to really actively engage or, or think about it just because they fear some sort of repercussion that might be there? I mean, if you look at what's happened to universities, for instance, with the divestment movement and everything else, everything with Israel comes with some sort of political strings attached. And I don't want to suggest that there's anything bad happening there. That's not what I'm saying. Um, But it is something that people might be reluctant to really look at it for that reason. It might be easier almost even to deal with China in this day and age in some in some ways, Um, which I don't think it is probably from a practical standpoint. Um, But it may seem that that may be a barrier. Um, How do you sort of break down that psychological barrier for people to, to consider this? You know, we really haven't seen that barrier in the eyes of business people or investors. Um, and, the, and the reason, you know, we'll use China as an example. You know, one of the reasons is, is that the innovation ecosystem in, in Israel is so strong and so compelling and frankly so open, whereas in other places, and China's probably an example where you wouldn't say that, okay? Um, and so consequently, that's why you see things like you know, General Motors and Ford both establishing very large innovation centers in Tel Aviv. We've seen tremendous amounts of, of U.S. corporates establishing innovation centers in Israel and also you know, licensing, using, and buying Israeli technology uh, here in the U.S. So, you know, for example, um, Intel bought Mobileye, which is a key part of self-driving cars and, and, and mobility for about $15 billion <laughs> a few years ago, okay? And Waze, I'm sure you use the Waze app, um, that's technology that was de- that was designed in Israel. Uh, those are just a couple of really recent, large, you know, unicorn-like examples. But there's a tremendous amount of of, uh, of value in that innovation ecosystem, and that's what drives people there. Um, and especially after you go to Israel and you see it on the ground, it, you you manage to sort of put you know all of the politics in, in context. 
Well, and again, all, all important stuff to consider here. Uh, Matt Elliott, my guest right now of, of uh, Bank of America, we're talking about, of course, uh, an Israeli a business incubation project that uh, he is now chairing. And, and so uh, you, you mentioned, of course, we talked a little bit about some of the high-tech businesses that do exist there. And you also mentioned that it is a very sort of competitive market out there. What have you seen in terms of competition from other states out there that are going after the same thing? And who are our main competitors right now? Well, I think anytime you think about innovation in the United States, anytime you think about innovation in the world, you have to think about Silicon Valley, right? And, and so if, 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 you, if you were sitting in Israel or any other place in the world and you were thinking about going to the U.S., Silicon Valley would probably be on the top of your list along with the other usual suspects, right? So maybe Austin, New York, places like that. And so it's our job, and we're not alone. There are other organizations similar to the Michigan-Israel Business Accelerator from other states that are you know, making those trips, making those connections to try to drive uh, opportunity for their, um, for their locations. What we have working for us, quite honestly, Craig, is, is a set of assets that are stronger, especially around mobility and defense, than lots of other places. You know, so when you think about all of the work that's being done here around uh, autonomous and electric vehicles and the, and the technology that, that surrounds all that and the cyber that surrounds all that, a lot of that's being done here. You know, that's, that's what, for example, Ford is going to do with the post office and that whole Corktown area. <clears throat> that's all going to be um, their, their headquarters, really, for innovation around those topics. So um, that, those are some things we can, we can draw on, and, uh, and those are strengths that, that resonate with, uh, with Israelis. Well, you know, several years ago, uh, and, and I believe you and I probably spoke about this several years ago, was that sort of race for that investment, where that mobility industry was going to, to locate. And there was legitimate concern that Silicon Valley was going to take a lot of the automotive innovation away from a state like Michigan. Obviously, there's been a ton of investment here. Uh, the companies have doubled and tripled down in some instances on making sure that Michigan is a key part of this industry. And we are starting to see that Michigan is emerging as the hub, the way that we hoped it would for this, with the assistance of Silicon Valley, of course, uh, as well. Is that message and, and that reality something that is being seen overseas in places like Israel? Do they recognize that, that Detroit and Michigan are going to be places where this sort of stuff is going to be going for a long time? Yeah, I, I believe so. I believe we're making progress. This is this is one of those races, uh, Craig, that I don't think ever finishes. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and so our job um, as the MIBA is to be able to tell is to tell that story. Um, and I think you know, with with the pandemic, which has put a pause on physical travel, right? Um, it's made that job harder because we, we there's a, a lot of power in being able to have people physically here and to see it for your own eyes and experience it for yourself. And vice versa, okay? It gets people more excited about Israel when you're able to go and experience it yourself. So, well, you know, but everyone else is in that same position. So it's like the, the game sort of stopped in that regard. <clears throat> but the good news is, is that we've continued to make connections. We've continued uh, to build relationships. And those are the things that really, really matter, uh, those relationships and networks. And we, we've continued to make a lot of progress. And I, I'll, I'll just go back again to say that our, our staff, led by Scott Hippica, has just done a phenomenal job in that regard um, in continuing to, to build relationships, even in uh, a fully virtual environment. Well, in a fully virtual environment, again, throws a, a monkey wrench into a whole lot of different aspects of this uh, in terms of measuring success for a project like this and, and creating realistic goals for what you want to accomplish. Uh, how do you decide whether or not this is something that is being successful? 
Well, you know, I, I mentioned earlier at the outset that, that Scott is a lieutenant, he's a colonel in the Michigan National Guard, and he's been, been really tracking a dual career in the military and out. Um, and as a result, Scott is an extremely metric-driven person. <laughs> and so we have lots of metrics driven against all of our KPIs, you know, and it's as simple as how many connections are we making to, all right, how many dollars of investment have we attracted or will we attract? How many jobs will that ultimately create? Those sorts of things. A lot of that work this year has been put on pause, you know, because not so many people are, are going back and forth necessarily, but we are making the connections and we have still driven some delegations. We're also continuing to track on startupmichigan.com the number of profiles that we've created, how many are those being actively followed. Um, and so there are, there are a fair number of, of ways you can measure success. And, and so there, you, you measure the progress, you know, incrementally, and then ultimately you get to the, to the big measures of success. Um, which, which are about job creation and, and investment. Well, I, I do want to ask you just a couple more questions about this because I'm, I'm always fascinated about how these sorts of things work. I mean, you, you talk about making those connections and introducing the people that might want to do business together. What level of help or assistance uh, is an organization like yours prepared to provide to get something across the finish line, for instance, to get that deal formalized? Well, I mean, that's a, 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 two, a TBD, but I think that the, the Michigan-Israel Business Accelerator's primary function is to, is to start the conversations and to keep helping the, the parties get more and more comfortable with whatever their right answer is, okay? And, and the best way we do that is, is by creating connections and uh, giving people uh, all of the information that they need to make a decision. And then I think generally it's up to the, um, the economic development organizations you know, think about um, you know the uh, all of all of the economic development organizations that we have here in the state. Their job is really, I think, to close the deal from there, um, and that's not necessarily the MIBA's role. We're going to be a supporter and all that. But but increasing the likelihood of that deal getting closed, I'm assuming, has a lot to do with the first the initial pairings that you're that you're coming up with, uh, making sure the right people are meeting each other. Um, and and yeah, have you found it, it, that's. I don't know, is that the fun part of the job, like introducing people and, and doing that kind of stuff? Yeah, as the board chair, that's not going to be what I have to do necessarily, but I am going to you know, foster connections however I can. But that is, the, I mean, to me, in my job is uh, working at Bank of America. The funnest part of the job is always um, supporting and, and helping our clients. That's the fun stuff. And well, so, the, and, and, you know, the, the client for an MIBA, right? Is a, is a potential um, company in Israel coming here or, or a Michigan company going there? That's our client. Uh, well, I have so to ask. Uh, you know, the fun stuff. Uh, well, I have to ask you, though, though, what about this was particularly appealing for you personally uh, to do? Uh, again, you're, you're filling some pretty big shoes with Mark Davidoff. He's been a, uh, on the scene here for a long time um, and somebody you've known for quite a while. Uh, talk a little bit about that and, and why you decided that this was a project you wanted to take on, because I know you have a lot of work to do as it is. <laughs> I, do, I do have a lot of work, but I view this as important work. And, and um, trying to fill Mark's shoes is, is a, uh, an impossible task. So my job is, is to help the, the organization move forward. But, you know, Mark is an incredible leader. And uh, this organization really exists in its current form, largely due to his leadership and a few other folks. Um, and so my job in that regard, Craig, is to, is to help it evolve and, and continue to grow and, and succeed. You know, for me, uh, there's a lot of things that, that are, are really relevant here. I've always been interested in technology. Uh, I've always been interested in, in how we see and how we drive um, Michigan forward. I've always had a bent uh, towards the uh, things that are international. Um, you know, my, my MBA is in international finance and economics. 
Um, and so for just intellectually, that's always been an interesting thing. And then, you know, for me, uh, what really sort of hooked me on Israel was this trip I was able to go on in 2015. You know, there are a group of CEOs that, um, that uh, were pulled together into this trip that I just, and I found it just fascinating on lots of levels. And so as a result, that got me interested in MIBA um, and this board chair role, you know, as, as we, I talked about it with Mark and with Scott, um, it really seemed to, to fit a, a lot of the things that, that I can, you know, I can provide as, as by virtue of my role at, at B of A, uh, but also some of the other work that I've done in the community too. So, uh, you know, I, hopefully I'm able to do that and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be more fun as we make progress on the pandemic. Well, one last question for you. And, and uh, you know, the role of government in making sure that this is something that is successful uh, because, you know, you want their help. Uh, business, again, wants to invest where, where they can invest and make money and, and they want to make those partnerships that are going to make their companies more successful. What should be the role of government in, in something like this and what can they do to make sure that these relationships actually do grow? Well, that's a great question, Craig. The MEDC is a partner in MIBA, uh, and so there is a, a bit of a governmental role. Um, and I think in, in this regard, you know, our, our job at the MIBA is to help MEDC fulfill its mission, which is around job creation and economic growth, okay? Um, and so in, in doing that in a way that's, you know, I, I would say as cost-efficient as possible is, is a way that, um, that works for the state of Michigan and for the people of the state of Michigan. Um, and by the way, that's usually what works for business people as well. So our, our, our incentives, I think, are pretty well aligned here. And, uh, you know, our job is to, is to try to, you know, foster connections between both of those ecosystems. And, and really, the role we like to play for the state is, is when someone thinks of Israel, the MIBA should be the first call. You know, that they have a, if there's a question that the MIBA should be, uh, and frankly, probably already is, able to answer it and or connect somebody with someone who can all right. Well, we'll have to leave it right there. That was a, a quick 20 minutes we just did there, Matt Elliott. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, best of luck, and we should check in and see how things are going. Obviously, uh, we're going to emerge from this uh, COVID world at some point, hopefully within the next several months, and uh, things can really start uh, swinging uh, a little bit more. And and hopefully, hopefully, we start seeing a lot of investment here in the state of Michigan. Best of luck, sir. Thank you. It's great to see you. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Matt Elliott is the Michigan market president and the Midwest region executive for business banking at Bank of America. But he, of course, is also now the chair of the Michigan Israel Business Accelerator. We appreciate him joining us on the program today. And uh, apologies for some of that audio. The Zoom quality is sometimes great, sometimes not. Just depends on the quality of the microphone on, on either end. And it's you know, sometimes uh, we do better than others, but um, I think you could understand everything that was said there, and it's an important conversation. Um, so I do appreciate Matt uh, joining us today. Um, wanted to let you know as well, coming up tomorrow, good conversation. Looking forward to it. Uh, Our Detroit, which I used to write for Our Detroit, uh, did a column for them for a couple of years and always enjoyed the, that publication quite a bit. Uh, they have a December issue that is taking a look at the state of the marijuana industry here in Michigan now that we've reached the one-year anniversary of Michigan legalizing recreational pot. 
They have a lot of stuff to uncover there. We'll have a discussion about what's going on in Detroit, why it's taking uh, longer to get some of these businesses up and running in Detroit than in other parts of um, in other parts of Southeast Michigan in particular. So we'll get into that. Also talking about some of their interviews with some of the bud tenders out there and a number of other subjects there. Um, so check that out tomorrow. And then, of course, on Friday, it is the week that was on Deadline Detroit. Always one of my favorite things to do. My Friday wrap-up show about the news of the week. Of course, we're going to do it this week. We'll probably take the next Friday off since it is, I believe, Christmas Day, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And that would not be something anybody wants to do on Christmas. Of course not. But what we will do prior to the New Year's holiday, which again is just another week after that, we are going to be doing the year that was. And boy, 2020 has been a year. Obviously, it's uh, you're sick of hearing about it, I'm sure. And and hopefully 2021 looks a little bit better for a lot of us uh, than 2020 certainly has. But uh, there's a lot to get to because this has been a strange year. So that's going to be something that we put together before the end of the year. I'll put that up and let you know about it. It'll be on video and it'll also be available as a podcast, of course, which I do every week. Hey, reach out to me, thecraigfollyshow at gmail.com. Again, that's thecraigfollyshow at gmail.com. Now, we have Schmuck of the Week Awards on that show every week, and I want to give you an opportunity. I'm going to put up a post for Schmuck of the Year. Now, it can't be Donald Trump. Again, that would be too easy. It cannot be Donald Trump. But if there's somebody else that you think sort of led the pack this year and you want to vote on it, I will re- you know, reveal the results of this. I'll put a post on Facebook about it, and hopefully uh, you will respond. That should be kind of fun. So again, coming up on Friday, it is the week that was on Deadline Detroit, live at Facebook at 11.30 a.m. on Friday, and of course, available as a podcast shortly thereafter. Uh, Thanks, everybody. We'll talk soon. Looking for the latest news and information about our great city of Detroit? Head to DeadlineDetroit.com for one-stop shopping for the most important stories of the day. Deadline Detroit has some of the best journalists in town, providing original reporting, videos, and podcasts that keep you in the know about everything happening in Detroit. Become a member today, and you'll automatically be entered into a drawing for prizes, including gift cards to some of Detroit's best restaurants. Go to DeadlineDetroit.com membership.